Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 121. I'm Graham, I'm here with Luke, Richie, and Cody, and today we're actually doing double duty this week and recording, because we just need to get a bunch of bunch of stuff that went down at the NEA Snow Run, um, and, well, and I think just general... Get a week ahead with the recording, too. You know. Yeah, yeah, just trying to get... Yeah. I don't, I don't mind doing the... the the week-to-week ones it keeps things a little more current but either way we're gonna have this one this one recorded early because we we need one uh so we don't drop a week like we've done in the past and nobody likes when we drop a week we get a lot of flack for that so that's what this (laughs) one's about and i think we got quite a bit to talk about anyways so it should be a pretty good one where do we want to start i have a feeling i'm going to be doing a lot of the talking yeah, I would suggest that you start talking there, Boyo. We have stuff to talk about. I was going to say, start with the snow run and tell us about that. All right, so, snow run. Uh, initially, me and Sean were going to go to Brookridge for the snow run. Uh, last minute, we sort of changed to, or we did in fact change to Field and Forest uh, by talking through Mike Craig, and I, I don't know exactly the details sean sort of set it up he said yeah just go to field and forest so that's what we did uh woke up early in the morning grabbed rj this uh younger guy who's been hanging around with us and helping work on stuff and trying yeah he's trying to get into the whole uh real wheeling sort of deal so brought him along he drove over to me at like seven in the morning so Uh, essentially you're giving this kid crack well, I don't know. Yeah. My motor blew up. Uh, spoiler. So, like, eh. <laughs> it was fun, though. He had fun. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I mean, it all started really with the drive because it wasn't a great. The drive there, we drove the Jeep. That This is the other thing. There's no trailers involved In here. I just drove the Jeep. In a snowstorm. <laughs> with the, you know. It, it's welded up front, so you can't really use four-wheel drive in the snow. So it's just two-wheel drive, but it's got the Detroit in the back, so the thing likes to just stay locked all the time. Um, wasn't a problem, and I'd have no problem if it did slide off the road, but it's not exactly the easiest driving to do in a constant slide the whole way there. Um, <laughs> and it was like the conditions, at least at the beginning of the of the. No, really that entire drive, it was just kind of a mess. Like, the roads were plowed, but there was still a bunch of shit on them. And, uh, you know, my heat barely worked, so that wasn't fun. Or, it wasn't bad. It was actually better than I expected it to be. Uh, My defrost was working just enough to keep fog off the windshield and the side windows so we could see. And, um, you know, all did, did all great. Got stuck behind some stupid snow plows and people driving really slowly not that i'd know because i don't have a speedo um but they <laughs> felt like they were going slow i wanted to go faster so usually <laughs> they pull over after a while um uh we ended up getting there a little late like 9 30 but there were still other people pulling in we pulled in right behind nick james i think like people were you still dragging in we didn't i don't think we got out to like 10 so worked out and then uh the rest of that <laughs> That trip was really, uh, we all sort of scooted around in a group. Chris was leading. Uh, Chris Ayashua. Um, wow. <laughs> it's a whole new world out here. Yeah, it's amazing. 
who uh, was not in his JK because it's no longer his JK there. That I guess there was a trade back that happened, so he's back in the buggy, uh, which is you know we we'd love to see. Uh, sounds we like some other some of his the, his uh, initial plans may have changed there, but uh, it was good to see him back in that buggy. It, it just it's right him in that that buggy is the proper. Uh, it's the the way things should be. So. That I was agree. refreshing because I didn't know that was you know that had happened. So it was kind of cool to see that back. I'm um, sure Mikey's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's uh, got his friend back. Yeah, poor Mikey. Uh, Mikey's Jeep was broken. He didn't have his out. Um, From New Mexico, it's still broken. Yeah, it was, was still he? he or it was he thought it was all good, but then I think he said, uh, like either transmission or transfer case output or some piece in the drive line was was broken and he didn't notice until until he uh had it all back together and like a week or so before the trip so he didn't have his buggy but he was he was floating around um i uh you know i didn't put the irox on i've got i had 41 irox sitting in storage that i was you know i was oh, meaning to use them for uh a snow trip, but they're buried and I need different rims for them or I need spacers for them. So I just didn't, wasn't worth the time. I should have brought them or Sean should have come and dug them out though, because he didn't even take his Jeep off the trailer. Uh, yeah. I heard about that. What the fuck <laughs> happened with that? Well, apparently, uh, red label crawlers are very bad in the snow, like very bad. Um, yeah, but not take the Jeep off the trailer bad? Apparently, they don't, it wouldn't even get back on the trailer bad. Like, it would not. Yeah, they freeze up in a good into day. literal ice cubes. Huh. Because they're such a porous tire. Uh, they have so many air pockets in them that the air pockets end up sucking in the water when you get the water hot on them, and then they literally freeze. And with the dry rock cracks along the water, and I'm sure that that didn't help. I don't know. Either way, it. So he didn't pull his off, which was disappointing. But I did offer him before the trip to come and get the Irox because I'm pretty sure with the factory 18-inch steely that's on it, it would fit around his knuckles because they almost fit around my 05 plus and his uh, 04 down. I think it would clear with even with the high steer. So the option was there. Uh, but you know, it was going to be a ton. It was probably going to be like six hours of work just to, uh, have him drive up here or over here, uh, dig all this crap out of the storage unit so we could get them out, which is not an easy task and then put them on and then go back. So all, you know, he's got to tow the trailer and whatnot. So it would have been a mess. So we didn't do that. Uh, sad to see him not wheel the thing because he's been itching to wheel it, but, uh, is what it is. Um, the Razors did pretty good. Uh, they sucked at 8 PSI in low range, but 6 PSI in high range, and it was doing doing all right. I was sort of towards the back, so I kept getting the short end of the stick on uh, on traction because at that point it was all cleared off in a just a total uh, not really ice rink, but it was all all slippery at that point. So uh, still did pretty good. I smashed it into a tree. Uh, my header panel's a little more broken. Um, dumped a bunch of snow on RJ. Uh, <laughs> fixed he my heated seats. 
that was those were great. And my heat actually works, but it takes like five hours for it to actually warm up. So something's clogging that thing. Um, fixed my winch. My winch was like. No. I just thought of something. That's where the gumball went. Why would it have Excuse gone in me? there? Excuse me? What? what? I was making a joke because he had the fucking... Um... Oh, my God. It scared me. I was like, why did anybody stick a fucking gumball in this poor man's fucking... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it it sure wouldn't have surprised me. Well, he did lose a gumball at Good Evening Ranch. No, no, no! It wasn't a gumball. I don't know what it was. That that was a a Sorry, piece of gum? gum that we chewed up and then put over a vacuum port because it uh you know, the intake backfired and spit all the vacuum plugs off. I don't have a lot of that um, emission stuff there, so it just capped off and it blew every vacuum plug off the off the intake, and I didn't have enough to change them. So we tried putting a piece of gum on one of the bigger ones, and it just sucked it up. <laughs> stupid thing that's but, funny yeah uh what else really happened there um what trails did you run oh i don't i don't i don't know the trails well enough it was mostly blues we were having we were struggling on the blues so we kind of stuck to that stuff we kind of floated around between i think the at the point that i had stopped wheeling they were they might have been hitting a couple blacks but uh uh, my 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 jeep had other plans so we didn't we didn't get that far we probably hit i don't know four or five different little decent spots there was um attraction was tough so there was there was a lot of waiting our group wasn't too too massive but it was probably seven eight nine people maybe more i don't know and then there were some people who broke stuff so some people branched off and uh then the group got smaller as we went through the day that's for sure but uh yeah i don't know it's always fun to just get out in the snow it's kind of humbling because it makes everything that much more hard and uh you get to play in the snow which is always fun so yeah we we were making our way through and the real kicker to the story at least for me was uh we hit there's this one ledge i forget what it's called um it's not i think it's a it might be a black it might be a blue it could go either way at field and forest um it's basically like a rock that's got it's relatively steep but on a normal day i'm pretty sure the traction's decent a uh, little bit of an undercut, but that's all gone with the snow. It wasn't, I don't think there was much there. There was like a little stump you can get traction on, and everybody was sort of going up um, the right side of it. The left side was, uh, you'd kind of slide off into this under, in more of the undercut, so it wasn't really, really a thing. Um, so we're waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, Chris broke a, uh, what did he break? The entire outer no <laughs> the outer i think was fine the inner i believe sheared the entire like axle shaft head off like not just the ears like where the shaft meets the ear and you know that entire flange it just broke it clean off shattered the u-joint and dropped it to the ground <laughs> his, his oh, wife was sad. like something big just fell out <laughs> Uh, and so 
he was he was done, but at least it was an easy uh you didn't have to do anything to take it out or to um drive it out, right? It was <laughs> it broke and then it was done. So uh he broke there, uh a couple other people went and you know, they were they weren't having too too much trouble. I mean, I think bigger tires and a little higher clearance was helping uh a couple of those guys out. But I mean, there was one one guy with a a ZJ. I forget where he was from. He had New York plates. WJ. Hmm. Thought it was a WJ, but chances are, if he had New York plates, it was probably from New York. Yeah, but for there was something like where it might not have. I don't know. Either way, he had New York plates. Maybe it was a WJ. It was one of those Grand Wagon Grand Cherokee things. So he had that, uh, and he was like similarly. as built as mine. So I was sort of using him as a reference, but he was a couple of Jeeps in front of me. So by the time I'd hit things, it was a little gnarlier generally, which uh, you know, always messed things up. And then there's a couple of buggies that go. So you're looking at the buggy line or what lines the buggies with rear steer are taking. You're like, well, I can't do that. So you have to try to make something up here. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it when I went up to this obstacle. It looked like people were making it with a little bit of uh, momentum and you know putting the front tires in the right spot so we we're going at it hitting it uh, backed off uh, had tried to hit it I had slid left which was um, I just hadn't gotten far enough over right so I was trying to hit it a little bit to the left of where I you know wanted to be and then I had backed off not super fast nothing crazy here I mean, I've, I've backed off obstacles way faster and had no repercussions, but I back off at this time and it hits the, you know, rolls back sort of into that undercut and just stops or, you know, no more motor. It was like, weird. Maybe I was a dumbass and was on the clutch and crank it and it cranks like the battery's not st- like the battery's dying. I was like, well, that's not, that's kind of weird. My battery should be good. Uh, so I stopped, you know. Stopped cranking, started it again, still cranked slowly, but it did eventually start, and then it sounded like it, there was some sort of clanging noise going on somewhere. Initial reaction was, okay, something fell off of, uh, you know, the a piece of the shroud fell off, my shroud's a mess, uh, maybe an accessory is doing something weird, so pop the hood, looking, 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 no accessories, nothing hitting the fan uh nothing nothing obvious nothing external and then we're we're sitting there uh sort of revving it up crawling underneath it trying to see if there's like something on the underside of the accessories that's a problem nothing nothing no dice and you know then we're you know you rev it past like two three grand and it starts sounding a little bit a little bit harsher (laughs) <laughs> so at that point I was like well it's never done that before so I don't know what I don't know if it's the motor or something stupid but I'm going to drag it out and uh, and figure it out so at that point me and RJ limped it out um, and I was thinking you know maybe maybe I just you know I was I was sort of racking my brain trying to figure out if it was a motor thing like what was the problem like is there is there not enough oil in it or something stupid like my oil pressure gauge has it's got the typical crappy oil sender unit where it's uh it, it'll it read right for the longest time but then it 
it stopped reading correctly. And I know this because I've had multiple sensors do this where they'll they'll sort of just flake out and they'll read 10 PSI or 0 PSI and nothing in between. Because I yep. know it has more. The motor has always had more than that. And unfortunately, I blew it up and uh, you know now I don't know... Um, I don't know. I'm not going to put a sensor in it. The motor is completely disassembled. There's no, there's no knowing if there was actually oil pressure in it, but I'm pretty sure it did because it does show zero when it has nothing. So, um, it, it had some, it had oil pressure. I wasn't sure what the deal was. Um, at this point I didn't at least yanked it out, kind of sat there. We shot the shit with Chris and Mikey and all the other guys, uh, floated around uh i checked the oil on it it had oil in it it was at the ad mark but like that's plenty it doesn't whatever that's i put normal. a little bit more in um yeah just hit rev limiter a couple times it'll it'll clear up no no it wasn't was not clearing <laughs> up uh this this sounds familiar yeah and of course i drove it there so it's like well you got two options we could chance it and and drive it home, or we can just call AAA and and have them tow it back. And I was like, well, it still drives. It doesn't seem to have any, uh, you know, it wasn't doing anything weird. It wasn't trying to stall on me or doing anything. So we were like, we'll drive it, and if it blows up, we'll uh, you know, at that point, we'll we'll get a tow or have somebody come scoop us. So we sat around for a little longer, and then we drove it back. Uh, now the kicker here is it sounded pretty decent up until 2000 RPMs. That was like it's cut off, and then it started sounding like shit. So, it was a very slow drive back. Thank God for the manual, because I would not have been able to control the speed at which I was rolling, or at which the motor was turning, and my speed in the, you know, the wheel speed. Uh, without that, we were 2000 RPM, shift. 2000 RPM, shift. And that is not the power band of that 4.0. <laughs> no, it does it not, is not like that. Uh, Usually, I don't shift to, like, 35 uh, <laughs> until it's screaming, and you actually have a little bit of momentum. So, it was, uh, it could have been a, a worse drive. Fortunately, I mean, the thing kind of sits in fourth gear, and you can go, you know, 40 miles an hour in fourth gear without too, too much of a problem, as long as there's no hills. The hills were brutal, uh, because that's, now, I was going down into, like, third gear on some of these hills, where I had started at like roughly 50 miles an hour. Again, I have no speedos, so this is all guesstimation. Uh, RJ had a little speedo app, so I was like, okay, three's 30 miles an hour on flat ground, four is 40, and five is 50 at 2,000. So we sort of knew what we were doing, but uh, it, it was definitely a little slower on the hills, probably like 30 going up these hills, which were supposed to be 50s, so... Uh, yeah, sorry, people behind me. Uh, only a little bit of highway. There was some of Route 2 that we had to do, uh, and I just kind of kept it cruising. That one-lane section on Route 2, of course. So I had a whole train of cars behind me going 50 miles an hour. Uh, not a care in the world. Didn't want to blow it up more than it already was. <laughs> so it made it back totally fine. There was no issues with it. By the end, it started to kind of do this thing where it would... It would idle really low like we're talking sub 200 rpm for a split second and then it would come back so uh my my remedy for that was to just shift it as i was trying to slow down so that it would keep the rpms up and then when it would come to a stop it was slow enough that it wouldn't it wouldn't die out so uh manual saved the day 
all the more reason why you should not have it automatic in your piece of shit because it's a piece of shit and the manual will get you out of dumb situations a lot more than a man or than an auto will. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like to see you do that, do that, Mister, with your automatic. You wouldn't be able to drive that thing. Thing be screaming, going Dude, three grand, blow up. Been knocking for a year and a half. Okay. It, it has not been knocking. Out. You have lifter tick. Put some good oil in it. No, will no, zinc, no, and you'll no, be no. fine. No, no, no. Yeah, just a little high zinc oil. You'll be okay, Cody. It'll be great. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. But yeah, and that was the trip. That was that was pretty much uh, uh, how it went. It was it was a good time. I you know, I got my snow wheeling in for the year. Uh, which is something I haven't done in a few years, so it was good to get out, good to see everybody, and sort of yeah. prep for for the the coming season. Now, unfortunately, there there's there's a dead motor uh, sitting in my Jeep, so we what actually let go? It was a the cylinder. Uh, how do you count the cylinders on those things? Is it front to back or is it all over yeah, the place? Yeah, front to back. I think it was cylinder four uh, rod bearing. Smoked. There was barely anything left. Crank seemed okay. Rod was smoked. Not bent or anything, but just, just scored up. I wouldn't reuse it. Um, you should have just thrown a new bearing in there and forgotten about it. No. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no. Now, let's see. That's not, how, that's not how we, how we do things uh, here at Grumbo's hack shack. Uh, Bought that, the fuck order for two hundred bucks. <laughs> so that was. Then I started to have to think about about what I was what I was throwing in. I have another four zero in my storage unit, which I've been paying good money to keep. Uh, I I won't say dry, but it's safe. Uh, <laughs> rel- it, I mean, it's dry now, but it lived in a in a in a wagon for about a year and a half minimum so there's a there's a bunch of water down the intake it'd need a little you need to take some things off and clean it up before i'd trust it granted i do have my motor it's the same year from what i understand i'd probably swap the head on it uh if i was going to do that um and just slap it in but i sort of got to thinking i'm taking this i took this one all apart and I started calling around. It was Mark Nibs was looking at doing a, a stroker for a while there. He didn't end up doing it for one reason or another. I don't remember his reasoning. Um, but I talked with him because he had like a bottom, the whole crank and rods and everything he needed for that. Uh, and and that sort of sort of got me thinking more. I was like, well, what do you actually need to build a really cheap stroker in these things? And like, it's something I've never really thought about because my motor's never been in a million pieces before like that. I mean, I've done the cylinder head. We've done little things here and there, but I've never had it down to the bare block. Uh, so it was it's it's an opportunity, really, uh, more than anything. And the stroker stuff sort of... It, it caught my eye because a lot of people are very uh, very defensive about about not putting a stroker in something or... You know that they're a waste of money, and you should just do an LS or a V8 or whatever. Um, and I think they're valid uh, points. I think you can definitely get more bang for your buck out of a, a V8. But 
in the situation that I'm in, which is I'm trying to put it together before May. Um, <laughs> I don't want to spend a shitload of money on the thing if I can help it. Uh, and I'm not looking to make a race car out of the thing. I'm not really yet. just looking for a couple extra horsepower and maybe changing, you know, where the where that power actually sits in the thing on the RPM range, uh, you know, for for like putzing around town. I've I've got plenty of gearing that more than makes up for the power, the lack of power that the four row has when I'm off road. I've never had an issue with the power. I pick my gear, you pick your speed, then the motor will take it. It has no issues. But I figured it'd be nice to, to if I could get a little more for the road driving and stuff that it's still somewhat doing, which is something that it didn't really used to do. And then I moved out out Cody's way to the Springfield area, and now it's uh, it's a little more common. I have to do it more. I don't have the trailer set up. I don't have the – it can't just live at the shop. So, And it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's fun to drive. That's – you know, the biggest thing. And it'd be more fun to drive if it had a tiny bit of power. Not a lot. Yeah. It didn't need a lot. And I'm fully, like, I'm reeling in on all expectations on this thing. And at this point, it's more of a, um, it's more just an experiment fun. to see what happens. Worst yeah. case, it doesn't work. <laughs> and I take the 4.0 in my storage unit, slap the head on it, and and run it. Put it back in. And, yeah. and, and it's whatever. Like, make it work that motor in the storage unit only has 150 miles on it or 150,000 on it. So uh, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, um, I mean, it's a used motor, but I don't think it's in horrible shape with a little cleanup. It'd be fine. But you know, the rabbit hole is just too good to not jump into sometimes. So the plan as of right now is uh, the, the 258 crank, the 258 rods, which goes against what a lot of people are saying right now. But I've talked to uh, a few people now. Um, I talked with Keith from Ratchets, and then I talked with Chad from Golan Engines, also in New Hampshire. You know, just about, and, and Keith actually recommended to, that I talk to Chad um, about all this stuff. And I sort of swung up by him, and he said that you know if you're doing, if you're trying to do something very economical, use the 4.2 crank and the 4.2 rods and the 4.0 pistons. Because you can get the four. I'm, I'm probably I'll put new pistons in it, but I can just keep the rods in the crank that I have from the four two that I'm getting for free. So that right there is costing me no money. All I need to buy is relatively cheap four o pistons, and uh, the other thing he was talking about was a um, there was a comp, comp cams cam that he recommended. It was a sixty eight. 235 which is a little weird because it's not the one you see if you go to like any of the jeep stroker forums all the the ones they always throw at you is the uh, 68232 which is a slightly less aggressive cam so it was kind of interesting to me that he he threw the 235 at out there i'm not i'm i'm no engine guru here so i'm still trying to confirm like what are the no excuse me what are the major differences on like How's that going to run with the computer? He says it will run on the factory computer. I'm inclined to believe the guy because he builds a lot of the things. So, um, I mean, really, the cam's not much money. It's like 200 something bucks. 
there's there's obviously like bearings and rebuild kits and other things I'm going to need to buy to do it, but I mean, we're talking new 4.0 pistons, uh, a, a cam, decent lifters, uh, you got to do a little bit of machine work on the head for valve springs because the valve springs need to change for that cam. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to bore it over. I've, I've got numbers and on that I was crunching yesterday. I could bore it over and just I'm gonna have to buy pistons anyways. I could buy a slightly bigger piston, but I don't. It doesn't. I don't think it's really gonna help me out too too much. Uh, I, depending on what the machine shop says about the block, I may have to board over anyways, thirty over or whatever. Uh, you know, yeah, that's what. That's whatever. So. It didn't show any like major signs. No, of, like, I mean the issues. the cross hatching. Like I was telling Cody when we were looking at it, it's still got cross hatching on the cylinders. The cylinder walls look pretty good. I probably don't have to do so, anything to it, and the machine work is going to be the longest part of this entire process which I'm concerned about. That's my only concern with this this entire project is how long the machine work is going to take. Because, of course, it's almost the beginning of spring, and uh, Jacob pointed this out to me because I was bitching to him about it. Uh, you know, it's boat season and race car season. Everybody's trying to get their stuff together for the spring. Uh, so there's all the engines are getting built, which is not ideal for me, but... And that's that's where we're at mostly. So, do you think it's worth doing the four two after, or what? What? What are you actually? Hold on, let me let me back step. What are you planning on it being stroked out to? So it'll technically be roughly a four six if yeah. I bore it. If you leave it alone, it's a four or five. Yes, I was gonna say if I bore it to a if I bore it thirty over, it just barely, and it might even be slightly under four six, but it will round it to four six like they round four uh, o to four o. Um, it's just barely under a four six at thirty over, from what I understand. So after doing all this research, do you think it's worth it? Um, well, we're going to see how cheap it is. Uh, if I can get it done in, you know, less than 1500 and it drives good, like computer wise without any crazy tuning, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll be convinced. I'm not totally convinced right now. I'm still doing, I'm, I haven't bought any parts yet because I'm still trying to, uh, I'm going to buy parts regardless, but I'm trying to make sure I have the things that will work. Um, I think I do, but you know, it's a trust, but then verify. And, uh, I'm, I I don't mind looking at numbers on a screen. I I do it all the time. So, um, I'm trying to just completely make sure things are, are going to be close to what I'm expecting. And I I think I'm going to get it and it'll probably be, What's a Cherok? What's a four O stock? One eighty horsepower on a good day. Um, untouched. You're talking about like one eighty five, roughly one ninety is the factory number. So realistically, like for the condition, ours are in probably like one fifty, one forty five. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I, I would that to be like yeah, a dick no, it's, about it's it. the I'm truth. Just, 
they're junk motors uh, at this point. They're they're beat <laughs> to hell. Um, I'd be happy if I could get like the theoretical four six number floats from like all the way from like mid two hundreds to like two. 80, I believe, was the highest I saw on a 4.6 from, like, a properly built engine. I have uh, absolutely no, uh, what's the word, Um, intentions of my shitty, cheap-ass stroker build to make anything close to that. But if it could get, like, 220, 230, that'd be cool. I'd be okay with that. Anything more would would be... Excellent. Um, so, I will hop in here and say that after talking with Graham, um, I'm starting to almost be sold on the idea a little bit. Just like, I know we talked about it with Chris, so whatever. Um, we'll <laughs> go into it more later. But I think that something like a, if I could find a nice block, and do a simple four or five with a set of deep dish pistons in there to keep the compression ratio around eight. You don't. You don't even need it. You. I mean, you could do it. No, no. There's a reason that I want to keep that compression ratio lower. Because you want to run cheap gas. It's not a road driver. Who cares? No, that's not the reason. Because you want to be special. Um. He already. The main is reason. Yeah, we we covered this. <laughs> Fucking IB Jeepin called me today to ask me if I was actually special. It's great. Um, but, no, down the road, depending on what happens, I would like to keep the compression ratio around 8.5 to 8.7, so that way, if I were to go to a standalone similar to how Tommy Williams set his up, I could get away with running, like, an M90 off of it. I realize at that point it would be essentially a race engine, but... It would be a very simple way to get a little more power, and when we dive into my stuff, we can talk about why all this is coming about. But I'm curious to see how it ends up working out for you. Yeah, um, it's I'm I'm hopeful. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it's really the the rocket science that i initially thought it was it's it's not really that bad at all and you're just taking the numbers from the four two and 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 just slapping that together and then you don't have to do anything you don't have to put a cam in it uh you don't have to do any of that work um and you know if the machine work is going to take me four weeks to get done for to even think about putting something together which it might uh then i i may just skip out on some of that stuff i don't want to because i think if i've got it apart and i can put a cam in it that the factory computer will accept especially since i'm changing so many other things around you know it might actually benefit it and run better if i do put one in i have a feeling that is the case um right it, it, i'd be kind of shooting myself in the foot to not spend a little bit on it bar machine work uh, and I don't even know if the cam's good. The, everything I ran metal through that entire block and head, like it's. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> it needs a hot tank. Yeah, it's getting a hot tank. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's there's still still a few things to look at, right? As far as how much how much it needs board over, if any at all. I don't if it. Like I said, if I don't have to, I may not just because 
that's an extra thing for the machine shop, which is already overloaded with work has to do. Um, but if it has to be done, then I'll probably just go 30 over. Um, there's talks of, you can, a big thing that they talk about in the stroker world is, you know, zeroing the deck, which uh, I think, I believe helps with your quench number, which is important. Uh, again, I'm not an engine guru. I'm still like poking at things here after hours, trying to get up to snuff on some of this stuff. I think from what I'm looking at, the quench number isn't, isn't that different between, between, you know, the stroker without a, no, it's really no different at all. It's like almost, almost exactly the same. I've got the numbers in front of me. So, I mean, it's a little, it's better than the four, two, uh, the, the stroker. And it's not as good as the four four O's, but um, we're talking about O seven two versus O eight two <laughs> as a as a quench height. Um, that's ten thousands. You know, it's not a. I don't know if that's a huge deal or not. Uh, could you run a thinner yeah, but, head? But, but then also take get this the the four two has got a a, a one fourteen thousands. Okay, so I guess that's really probably not a big deal at all. No, uh, I'm, uh, again, I don't. There's a lot did, of a lot of hearsay with this stuff. I don't, and plenty of people have done this Gollum, recipe. Hmm? Did the owner of Gollum say anything about that? He didn't mention. He didn't. He said nothing about changing any of that. He said just run the factory piston and call it, um, and then put the cam in. So a little more. Like I said, there's still more more stuff I want to poke at. Right, if I can if I can tweak things to make it still be cheap, uh, with what a little extra machine in? work while it's there, or like to just to, to fine tune things, then then I'll do it. If it doesn't need yeah. it, it doesn't need it. If I'm gonna if it's not gonna hurt it, I guess is the the correct way to word that. Then it doesn't need it. What are it. you thinking? It's gonna end up uh, coming out to as far as, um, uh, like. Sorry, my brain just malfunctioned. I had an actually well-formed question in there. Um, it like got halfway into that and then just shut off. That's great. Um, mine totally derailed. I got asked if I wanted to go to Windrock while I was asking the question. Um, <laughs> so, shout out to Logan. I know you listen, so you'll get this Easter egg. Um, but... One with minute. the boring over, right? Mm -hmm. If you end up boring it over, are you just going to use the factory um, style piston, just something like a Heath Black factory replacement piston, or is it going to end up being like legit factory pistons? I'd probably try to put something a, a little better in, depending on price, right? Again, yeah. this is I'm trying to do this in, in an economical fashion because, again, yeah. it's not an LS. I know the at some point I will want to put something that has more power in it. Uh, it just it doesn't need it right now, and it's just not in the cards. I'm working in a buddy's driveway. Uh, oh yeah, it's just and I don't have I don't have I don't have the the resources that I had a had a year ago. Right, we we dumped all that stuff, so it just doesn't make any sense. Also, that's just a way bigger bill and way more things that need to be changed. So yep, it it's just not a doesn't make sense. Right, I have this right. motor. I can. I already have sourced the parts that would have made, you know, the the biggest expense when you're doing one of those is people buy the whole rotating assembly. Well, if you don't have to do that, then 
you're saving yourself like 1500 bucks. It's not an insignificant amount uh, to get all that. Granted, you're going to spend some in the machine work and the pistons if your pistons are bad. I mean, technically, I could probably reuse my pistons. I don't think there's anything wrong with them if I really wanted to be cheap about it. But we, we could always go with the Mercedes turbo diesel, the inline five or whatever it is. Why would I do like, that? Because Andy Heller did it in his YJ and he said it was stupid simple. I'm sure it was, but we don't have, have one of those stack. motors. Good also, point, that's you also easy. don't have the parts for a four two. Not yet. Well, I'll get them as soon as it stops snowing. And you could get a Mercedes. Well, do you could. have a Mercedes engine on the shelf? No, it's my neighbor has it. Oh, well, how much does he want for it? He doesn't. I'm making a joke saying that. You know how, what's his name, said that his neighbor had the motor. I was joking. But Who? I don't his, remember. Whatever. Fucking, what the fuck's his name? I don't, I forget his name. You're the one talking to him. Who's the guy selling you the 4-2? Oh, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy's Jeremy. selling me the 4-2. And he made the joke. He, he said, yes, I have one. It's just my neighbor has it at the moment. Well, I called him as soon as he mentioned it in my post, and I was like, so, you have a motor. Yeah, you know, that... Because I was looking for a specific year, too. 87 to 90 is the year you want uh, if you're going to do the crank in a 4.0. Because in the earlier years, uh, there's an, a different non-YJ applications, different things happen. The balancer on the other 80s, like mid to early 80s years, is larger. Or the balancer... Um, uh, the hub? the hub for the balancer is, is bigger. You have to machine it down or put a spacer on it so it can actually fit. So this one doesn't need any difference. There's no difference between the 4.0 balancer on this specific year. The other thing with the uh, the uh, the 4.2 cranks is there's a 4-weight and a 12-weight option. And I think the 12-weight was like mid-80s to probably way, way back to whenever they started making those... Um, and it's like 20 pounds heavier than the 4.0 crank. Now, the 4-weight option is 10 pounds lighter than the 4.0 crank. So technically, that's performance. It's race car right there. You know, we're the first 10 pounds I'm ever going to save on my fucking Jeep uh, right there. Yeah. Um, I will, just going back to the pistons thing real quick, don't run factory pistons in there. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but I have them. They're free. <laughs> yes. Do I have to find or make Richie dig out the uh, blown up pistons from my 4.0? Yeah, if you're giving them for free. I have them stored somewhere. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I know I'm well aware of the piston skirt problems and other issues with a factory piston that I may as well swap. I don't think a new set of pistons is really going to cost too, too much either. No. But I don't need to break the bank bad. going with a custom fucking bore or anything crazy. Uh, unless, if, unless I do something weird with the with the deck or the bore and, and decide I need it. But I don't think I will. I think it'll be fine without anything custom. The whole point of doing the 4-2 rods is so I don't need a custom piston. The only benefit of using the 4-2 rods is I don't need to do that. Otherwise, the 4.0 rods and a custom piston is technically the better way to go. So, because you had, then you have a longer rod. I, I think it puts it uh, more in line. Like, the, the rod angle is a little better and a couple other things that are just slightly better. But um, 
again, my 4.0 rods are smoked, and my 4.2 rods that I will be uh, extracting from Jeremy's motor, Jeremy's neighbor's motor, uh, <laughs> that I got for, or will be getting for a 12-pack of Bud Light, uh, is a much more appealing deal. So, then the $500, I'm sure you can find them cheaper, but Jacob was like throwing parts at me, and he was like, $500 rods. And I was like, eh... That's a lot, <laughs> a lot more than a twelve pack. So, uh, you know, part of the theme here, because everybody, Colin's giving me shit. He's like, "You're gonna spend all that money on a motor, and you can just slap in a four It's like, well, hold your horses, bud. Yeah, it might cost me some money, but I'm not building a a, a dragon here. We're just building a poor man's stroker and seeing how it does. <laughs> Yeah, a well, set of Keith Black uh, thirty over pistons is only three thirty. Yeah, and like that's that's a cost I could stomach, right? Um, you know, but I think between I don't know what the machine work is going to cost, but um, if it's just simple stuff, I think I can get away with it for a reasonable price, right? I don't want to say a number because I've got no clue, but I think if I'm very conservative with the parts I buy. And only buy the things I actually need, right? Uh, new lifters, probably new rods. I'm gonna say probably need new rods if you throw new lifters in there. Um, I'm probably yeah, not, I'm not gonna do anything say... fancy with the valves. The valve springs will need to change, but I don't think there's any other like craziness that needs to go on with that. It just is what it is. So I, I can sense. I can see I think a ballpark of fifteen hundred is a very reasonable number to throw out there as what this will cost me between parts and machine work. That might be uh, I, I might be getting a little over um ambitious here by saying that, but that's my goal. If I can keep it in that range, uh I'll be golden. I'll be happy. So Um if you wanted to spend a little bit more money than that, you could get a set of forged pistons. Oh, you could spend more money than that in a heartbeat. Easily. <laughs> but that's not that's not the hard part. It's harder to not spend money <laughs> and still make something that's half okay. Oh, I totally get that. I'm just throwing out, like, because I'm looking at Summit right now um, and checking out what they offer for piston sets and all that, and I think the Keith Blacks would probably, like, if you're going to bore it already, those come basically exactly what you need. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's the go-to for most people is the, the Keith Black Piston. It's I think it's relatively affordable. It's got some custom options um, if you do go with the 4.0 rod. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's pretty well tested. Um other interesting thing I guess I got from you know that'll that'll share that I got from Golan was and it was kind of interesting the the rod bearings um, there's I guess an aluminum option and I don't remember the other option what's the other uh, rod bearing material bronze P P oh, it's a P. Uh... on the part number it's a P I would think it would be oil impregnated bronze, but I'm not positive. Maybe I don't know. Either way, I thought it was interesting that he said, "Don't even, don't even look at the 
the MS1947P. You you want the MS1947A, the aluminum one. I guess the other ones like they'll go almost instantly, and the aluminum ones are cheaper to boot. So Clevelite. Yeah, the Clevite. Huh. So yeah, little tidbit of knowledge there. If you put new raw bearings in, aluminum, not a, uh, not P. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You want the hey, A, I not the P. <laughs> he knows more about it than I do, so I ain't gonna argue with him. I'd actually really like to talk with him on like a podcast. That'd be kind of cool if we could ever arrange that. Yeah. No, he was a he was a really easy guy to talk to. I mean, I know nothing about motors, and I you know I tried. I've been trying my best to to sort of catch up so I can talk to some people and not sound like a complete dumbass. I mean, I already know I come off as an idiot, but if I could like kind of like have an idea on what I want, that's my like my my biggest pet peeve when people call me is like when they have no idea what they want and they're just basically are asking me to do something for them. It's like, well, you need to have an idea here right there needs to be some sort of you need to help me along here so whenever i am reaching out to somebody for any reason i want to like i need to have something in my mind as far as like uh to let them chew on that i want like that i'm trying to get and that i'm not the expert and they're the expert but i have the plan or the the goal and they can tell me if it's stupid or not right and he was really cool about it uh threw a bunch of part numbers in my way. I'm glad I had a pen out because otherwise I would have just totally lost all that information immediately. Um, <laughs> so, Why not, like, I don't know, write it in your computer? Well, I don't know. I'm dumb, <laughs> and even though I'm a you know, complete computer nerd, I still write things down on a pad of paper. My <laughs> brain just remembers things better when I write it versus if I, I type it. And typing things, it goes on a notepad document, and it disappears forever, gone into oblivion. That You'll is never see point. it again. Notepads, <laughs> like pieces of paper, those things sit on my desk. I look like a fucking crazy person, but at least I have them. <laughs> That's fair. So, so Graham, all these numbers that you've been spouting off, have they been off the top of your head, or are you reading off your little cheat sheet? Oh, I'm part of them's off my head. Part of them's off my cheat sheets. I won't lie. I got them in front of me. They were correct. But I was impressed. Chad was throwing these numbers out like uh, it was off the top of his head. Like he gave me the cam part number off the top of his head. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, crazy. Uh, it's cool shit. And, and he gave me the intake and exhaust durations of the thing. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I mean, and that's not like too insane. Like that's literally what your cam is. That was like the the specs for the cam. But I just thought it was funny. He knew the part number. He knew the exhaust and uh, intake duration, and you know, just throwing all that stuff at at me. That's but, pretty impressive. But yeah, that's 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 really where we're at with that. Um, hoping it goes well. Hoping it doesn't take a ton of time. Uh, I'm, if this machine shop that I'm working with right now behind Marvell's, uh, doesn't work out, then I may talk to Chad. He said he could potentially do the machine work, but I don't know what his schedule would look like either. So, um, stay tuned. I mean, worst case I'm out and I'm just twiddling my thumbs, getting things ready for those four weeks. Fortunately, I mean, I don't have any parts yet. I'm not buying any crazy parts, so I shouldn't have any crazy wait times for things, because this is all shit that should just be there. 
uh, or should be on a shelf somewhere. It's not, it's not race parts. These are tractor motor parts that <laughs> everybody needs or might need. So I'm not buying anything that's low availability, custom bullshit. Uh, this is all stuff that should be readily available for a reasonable price. Um, but the, the, Having it at the shop or the machine shop for four weeks or have it be queued for four weeks will probably give me a little bit of time. I'm going down Thursday to talk to them and hopefully I'll have a, uh, you know, my complete uh, decision on what I need done on all this uh, there, which I probably should have had before I dropped it off at the machine shop. But, you know, it is what it is. I did call them and told them, uh, you know, that I needed hot tanked at the bare minimum and I'm going to have more numbers for you in a bit. Uh, so I didn't feel like a complete asshole. So yeah, but probably will give me a little bit of time to collect some parts. Somebody's going to need to balance the rotating assembly. Uh, once I have a rotating assembly, I'll know exactly what I need to bore it to. I'll be able to get a, a complete handle on exactly what the block needs as far as machine work. And then I'm going to have to talk with Chad about what the, um, the process for, uh, expanding the valve seats on the cylinder head are, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly what needs done to it, but you can't put a different valve spring or a heavier valve spring on the factory head uh, casting style. Granted, my head's not factory, so maybe it doesn't need it, but I don't. I I bet it does. Um, so still a little bit more to go. That's the plan. Make it happen, Captain. Yeah, and we're going to blow up Adam's drive shafts even faster with a better motor. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about drive shafts right now. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to get mine balanced. Uh, I think it vibrates like crazy. Doesn't matter when you can't go more than 50 miles an hour, but uh, let me tell you, that thing shakes harder than the Space Shuttle Columbia. Your rear one or your front one? The rear one. The run that's not balanced. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that I'm, it's you know, dead in the water. I may as well take it out and send it to a, a the driveline shop down the street, uh, or across the river, and have them <laughs> balance it for me and see if that fixes it. You I imagine that's that. all it is. Are you sure it wasn't like ice in the drive? I am one hundred percent sure it is not ice sure. in the drive shaft. There's no ice in my drive shaft, Goody. The no, exhaust like, dumps right I there. Driving in the snow. You know? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> um, it's not a Subaru. I've seen that happen on Subarus, but never on a Jeep. <laughs> Subaru? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, how did that? When? What? So my my roommate when I lived in Waltham had a Subaru and snow. He was complaining. He's like, I think I got death wobble, right? He does, he's not a he's not a car guy by any means, but I talk to him about cars all the time, and uh, you know, sort of explain to him what was going on because he was a he's a smart dude. He just doesn't know anything about cars. And he was like, I think I got death wobble. And I was like, mm, You drive a Subaru? It's IFS. I don't think he got death wobble. He was like, Well, it was shaking like crazy, and he brought it to the shop, and they said there was ice on his drive shaft. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, keep the ice off your drive shafts if you're, dri if you're driving a Subaru. Um, Noted for future yeah. reference. So I don't know. Am I am I missing anything here? Is there anything that I've I've sort of 
spouted at people in in any of our chats that I'm missing. Rock and roll McDonald. Rock and roll McDonald's always. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter no. what you're working on or what you're doing. It's always acceptable to rock and roll McDonald's. Uh, it really right. goes with any task. It's the perfect jingle. Um, you're gonna hate you're gonna here. hate me for getting it stuck I in your head. Here. But no. it's never leaving your head. It's not my fault. It's Colin's fault. He got it stuck in my head, and I've been singing it for the past five days. Um, yeah, I, I still don't know I, what it. Is. I'll pass it on to you. Uh, Richie, I'll send you the oh, video. So you, they, no, you should just look at my Instagram snippet. and you'll find it. The people listening already just heard a little snippet of it. I'm going to add it in. Absolutely <laughs> not. It That is a is not a song you could just snip it in there. It is a uh, licensed and copyrighted Spotify song. Yeah, exactly. I have 10 seconds to, or I think it's actually five seconds. I'll just do it for three seconds. It'll just be the Rocky Roll McDonald's. I think that's like five seconds. <laughs> you can't do that. It's just gonna be like McDonald's or something, what which is odd. It? No, that's even worse. <laughs> You're just gonna have oh, to not. Cody. And we'll make it the no, 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 no. This like I think we talked about this. We can just make this episode's uh, real the Rock and Roll McDonald's. So then, if they find it through Instagram, they're already gonna have pre-cued Rock and Roll McDonald's in their head. <laughs> it's a perfect scheme. But it's terrible. I hate you for all of this. If Cody really does want to add a snippet of the song to the episode, he can sing it himself. <laughs> because it really doesn't do it justice. Uh, Honestly, then, I hadn't uh, heard the whole I music. I didn't even know that there was that. I mean, I knew the actual song existed, but I hadn't like actually properly listened to it until I was joking around and found it on on Spotify, <laughs> which just chaos ensued. Because if a song is on Spotify, you can use it anywhere, any reel, any anything. So it really just expanded all my options with the use of the song, and it's got some pretty awesome like breakdowns in it where the dude's just talking. So. Uh, and it's hilarious every time. Uh, I didn't. It's like this a, in my it's life. like a nine out of ten. Definitely worth a listen. And then it, like one it's listen, a solid three out of ten. And, and it'll be stuck like in your head it, forever. After you hear it five times, then it becomes a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it's got to grow on you first yeah. before you really feel it out. Speak to you until after a few times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fungal infection. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. I wouldn't know. So, uh, Mr. Luke, what's been going on with you, brother? So, let's see. I uh, I talked to Sam today, and he had been jokingly throwing out, hey, do you want to pick up my 241LR? And I've been saying, like, eh, I don't know about that. He's like, it's still in the rig. It's going to be around for a while if you want it. And when I went out and hung out with him and Willow and we worked out and just kind of checked out his new plasma table, he had mentioned it again. So it was kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And after talking with Chris, I was thinking about it some more. Um, but I'm picking up that 241LR off of him. And uh, it's going to him to get it installed along with a new cross-member centerpiece, most likely, and tying in the 
cross members where they're trying to move. So hopefully all of that stuff will be done before I go to S'more. Um, so that's going to be a major improvement in my Jeep's quality of life. But because it's coming out of a JK, I'm losing my speedometer that already is disconnected and doesn't work. So whoop nope. do. I'm not convinced that there's no way to make those made up. I okay, actually meant up. to talk to you the, about this. You uh, can either there's a hundred percent an adapter you can get. It's uh, a hall sensor. It's all it is. But it has well, to it has to JKs, output something, right? The JKs don't use it off the transfer case. They use it off the ABS. No, it's wheel speed sensors, isn't oh. it? Oh. Yeah, the wheel speed sensors yes. activate the um, ABS. Well, sorry, that's... my we were a second behind one another, and I was a piece of shit and tried to talk over you. So I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> um, so there literally isn't the hole in the transfer yeah. case for it. Gotcha. Now you could probably do a sensor off of the output, and then like equate it to like RP, like the rotation of it. You could probably come up with that, but that also sounds like a pain in the fucking balls. But you could I'm, do it. I'm gonna be brutally honest. I, I don't care. Um, it's one of those things where like it already doesn't work because I munched my sensor in the new 231 and I didn't feel like fishing it out of the old 231. So like I already don't even have the gear in there. The gear is sitting in a bag in my toolbox. Mm. So well, you could just go the tried and true uh, Intellitronics uh, super duper GPS speedo. I have, yeah, because that works so great for you. I, I, well, it's unplugged right now, and that's because I'm 99% sure it's because I'm a dumbass and had it wired wrong. Uh, or not wired no. wrong, but wired poorly, and that is why it was spiking. Because I think I'd hit bumps, and it would make something connect, or it would make something disconnect. And then that intermittent uh, lack of signal. Because literally, I have it plugging into the computer. The, it's sending the signal from that box to the computer, which sounds great until you realize, and I'm pretty sure I've said this like four times on the podcast, but it's my favorite thing to have learned is that the Jeep computer will limit the fuel at 120 miles an hour. So when it thinks it's going a million miles an hour, obviously it's going to cut fuel for a couple seconds. And, uh, and nowadays it doesn't drive far enough for that to really matter. I can hook it back up and then I'll have a Speedo again. Um, yeah, until you're on trail trying to climb something, and then it's no, like, that wouldn't. That's none of this works because it's not that dumb. If it's going from a low speed uh, and it it spikes or it does a reading, it occasionally will scan again and like try to find the, the satellite or whatever it does. Uh, it doesn't do it then. It's only it was only specific times when it would it would jolt like that, and I'm pretty sure. It was that signal cable or signal wire to the computer that I had spliced into that might have been having issues somewhere. I don't know. Either way. I'm convinced it still works and that I'm a dumbass because I did talk to their support about it. And they said, well, if you have a wire ride, it shouldn't have any problems, yada, yada, yada. So Yeah, but they're always going to fucking say that, let's be honest. Probably, but, you know, <laughs> I'm inclined to believe them because I never actually did anything about it. Uh, solid solid, positive connection and ground and all those other things. All things that my Jeep is not, uh, not really equipped with right now, other than, like, for the bare minimum things that actually need to work. And even then, we got some questionable things. Uh, my... Um, my stupid winch. I'm 99% sure that 
and I'm, and I could be completely wrong. If anybody has any insight on, on, uh, winch draw from a bus bar, I think I moved my battery too far away. So it's biasing towards the alternator and pulling all the power out from the alternator and then pulling from the battery. And apparently the alternator doesn't like that. It's got 150 amp fuse. And let me tell you, that thing doesn't pop, but it gets hot. Like we're talking <laughs> melt the plastic off the fuse hot. And then the fuse doesn't pop. Like what's the point of the fuse if it doesn't doesn't blow? It blows my mind. Um, and it's at this point, because it's gotten it's heat cycled so many times, it's actually, there's corrosion on it. But it's tight. It's not like the connection isn't there. I don't know if it's just a shitty fuse or what the deal is. This will be the second one that's done that. The first one caught on fire. That one died. This one, I was smart, and I didn't put it near anything that could light on fire, so it can't kill itself. But it's still a problem, and it needs to be fixed. So, uh, if you think me moving my battery to the back, which makes it farther away from the source, or from the, you know, the the power draw here, what's drawing the power being mm -hmm. the shitty winch in my Jeep would cause it to overstress the alternator, then let me know, because I have no fucking clue. I don't think it... Because a lot of people do that, so it would be weird that all of a sudden yours is just creating that problem. I don't know. I know the route to the battery is much further away. Yeah, it would probably be more ideal if I ran... Somewhere. It would probably be ideal if I ran the winch directly to the battery and then had the alternator charge the battery. But because my alternator is charging to the to the bus bar and not the battery directly, I think that causes it problems. I think it sees that joint and it's just pulling power from where it can and the battery is not giving it what it wants. I don't know. It's a very odd situation. I'm what trying to make sense go... of electrons doing things that don't make any sense because it shouldn't be a problem technically the entire system is exactly as it was other than the battery distance and i'm not using shitty cable e either it's decent um i think it's single lot cable it's or maybe double lot i don't know um whatever is a bigger one it's a big cable we're talking it's it's thicker than what most people use uh for a battery relocation because i'm not not taking a chance with uh hot battery cable running the thing that's not what i want and mm. ironically still had an electric electrical fire with the thing from a fucking fuse not the cables uh i'm convinced it's a shitty fuse but hasn't done it again and i know it's a problem so i'm keeping an eye on it it only happens when i'm using the winch too i mean it'll get warm uh just running or if i've got a lot of accessories on but it's an engine bay it's things are going to be warm i don't think that's the I'm trying to think the the mounting point for the positive side that comes off the alternator goes up to the fuse panel, correct? On the back side. Yes. So, do you think it has something to do with the fact that it's a mount? Your bus bar is mounted to the tube and not like plastic that it's somehow grounding through it or something? No, weird the bus like the, pause, the bus bar is a separated. Um, it's not grounded to that. It's a plastic it's housing that is bolted to the tube. And then the bus bar sits in the plastic housing. It's not touching the tube. Yeah, that's okay. how I've seen a bunch of those done too. So I'm wondering if there's something wrong with your winch. Might be. Because like my winch, the cables get warm when I like actually use the thing. Like I felt it after I winched out of um, 
or like was with John and them at uh, AOP and I broke down and I forget what the trail's name, mouthwash, uh, when we had to winch it out with the dead fuel pump, it definitely got warm after winching for like 15, 20 minutes, but it wasn't the worst. Jesus. Now, does your alternator literally drop to fucking nine volts or lower yeah. when you're yeah. doing it? Okay. So Yeah, like I can dim out my headlights without a problem. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, does it drop to... Yeah, it drops right down to the bottom peg of the gauge when gotcha. I'm really getting on it. Mine does And too. then I let off and it goes back to normal. So, okay. Mm. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not completely crazy. I always thought that was just a me issue. <laughs> but yeah, mine does the same thing and it it's just killing that fuse or it's trying to. Like I said, it hasn't done it again and it's only when I'm winching and I know that it can it is the fuse it literally is the fuse. <laughs> uh but it's just not doing its job in popping, uh which is kind of beneficial because that would kill the entire engine but uh also kind of sucks because i know it'll light on fire before it actually pops which you know doesn't who's make great sense. with electrical marvell you should ask him uh, we like, already i think we already talked cord. about this and he didn't he didn't know shit i was making the joke about the extension cord lighting on fire <laughs> <laughs> what oh, yeah, yeah. He has an air compressor, and at some point it had like grounded out or like burned. So one of the uh, plug ends, like the metal ends, is like crispy and like not there. Well, he plugged it in to something, and it like zapped and caught on fire in his hands, and it was fucking hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And yeah. sounds like fun. What else did we have to do this weekend? There was a bunch of stuff happening. Well, we picked up Kate's ship box to figure out that bullshit. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was like, oh, surprise seven-hour drive. It was like a stealth seven-hour drive, too. I was like, I've been driving for seven hours. What the hell? It was not even close. It was like four. But No, just... well, I guess we, when, if you consider all the stopping we did, yeah, it's probably yeah. less. But still, it's not an insignificant number of dri hours to be driving on a Friday night or whenever we did that. We did do that Friday night. Yeah, yeah. come on. Work. I get out of work and I drive till... When did we get back? Eleven. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. exactly. <laughs> why, why did you have to do so much driving? East, so Springfield, Enfield, East Granby, Bristol, back to Enfield to East Granby, then back to Springfield. Yeah, it was that a decent. Like day. hell, it, it was just a lot of zigzagging bad. around. So yeah. I understand the Springfield and the Bristol, but why the other stops? Just, just uh, out of so Enfield is where Marvell's house is. That's where we were going with the Jeep because we, because we knew we were going to work on it. Okay. So we went there to drop it off, and then we picked up a trailer in uh, East Granby. Oh, okay. So we had to mm -hmm. pick up the trailer and drop the trailer. Uh, we didn't have to drop it that night, but we we're like, we don't want to do this tomorrow morning. We'll just do it yes. now. It's already late. <laughs> We didn't get to Marvel Fridays. Like Fridays hosed, anyways. Like this was the Friday. There's nothing else happening. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Sorry, huh? what was that going on with Kate's Jeep? So her petcock broke on the radiator, which is not the first time it happened. Her last radiator did the same thing, and so did Buckley's, which was the. Uh, 
the same brand. It's from the same place. So I'm assuming it's the same brand, but um, so yeah, for some reason they've been having that issue where they just want to die. Um, kind of annoying. No, but yeah. So that if I had known it was the pet cock, I would have just said, put some JB weld in there, water water weld, and like a hose clamp, call it a day. You put an all new ra- whole new radiator in it. So was- I, I said the same thing, but Kate's weird and she didn't want to do it that way. She wanted to do or it just buy a new petcock or take the petcock off of Buckley's. I don't. I don't know. You know, it was one of those things that like, I don't really argue. I just say yes, ma'am, and then I go for it. it made her happy. So fair enough. Yeah. I cannot complain. And the valve Either cover. Way, I didn't expect the valve cover on a fucking TJ to be harder than a XJ. Dude, it was so annoying. There's just so much shit that crossed over. There was so much shit in the way with that fucking wire across the back and whatnot. It was just a pain in the fucking balls the whole way. Hmm. I, I got it done, though. Valve yeah, That actually reminds me. So, <laughs> you know those pesky torque, torx bolts that sit on the top of the... Of the transmission that are a pain to get to mm-hmm. yeah well my i was smart and way back when i swapped them with with regular regular bolts um so that's just a hex now and i discovered that i can take them out from the top <laughs> it was not fun but it was way better than taking my entire drivetrain and angling it <laughs> yeah i did the same thing on mine nice yeah it was uh it worked out. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that discovery, <laughs> but just the fact that you have—I didn't realize you had that much space. I mean, when you can when you can just sprawl yourself out over the top of the thing and and uh, reach right on in there, you can like hug the back of the motor. It's pretty funny. <laughs> pretty much, were hugging the back of the. Motor, I was honestly. for quite a while. It was hard. It started to get my like legs started to fall asleep. <laughs> oh good shit though that, yeah that was a that was a ridiculous day uh we kind of touched on it last episode but yeah so buckley was there uh doing something with his radiator because ever since he's done his his fucking head gasket he's been still noticing that there's still shit getting into his radiator which again he's never flushed even before and or after and after having um heater core problems never flushed it so you know it's bound to happen but it's um just dirt it's all just crap in there i don't think there's yeah. anything else to it and then otherwise it runs really cool like a lot of cherokee yeah. people would kill for for a thermostat or a you know a engine temp that doesn't go over 200 he literally turns the heat on and it'll it'll go down even further too it's pretty wild mine doesn't do that i wish it did uh, mine usually just stays right around like the two ten range. Yeah, no matter what I do. Yep. Um, but yeah, so he was doing that. Marvell was working on our friend's girlfriend's Jeep Compass, so <laughs> he was working on that. Mind you, all in the same driveway. Um, while Graham was pulling the motor, Jordan had a fire going, and then I was working on Kate's valve cover. And uh, well, honestly, I'm not gonna say I did. Kate did a decent bit of her valve cover. Um, I did her radiator. But, uh, yeah, it was just there was so much going on. Like, 
so many tools like just being like hey do you need this do you need this what are you doing with this where's this oh do you still have this wait can i borrow that like there was just so much it was a lot of things happening at the same time and then graham kept forgetting to shut uh marvel's um toolbox drawers so every time you'd be like graham i swear if you don't shut those goddamn <laughs> see drawers. that's a bad me and jacob had a bad habit of just leaving the drawers on the toolbox at the shop open <laughs> literally we'd leave them open for like a week at a time hell you leave it open to put the pizza on it when uh when the pizza came like <laughs> so that's that was it. closing the toolbox drawers completely especially i mean it doesn't help that his it's it's angled so they open up if you don't close them yes. completely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like, I'm just not used to that. We always just leave them open. The snap-on toolbox, the bearings better not fail from the drawer being open. That's literally what you're you you you're using it. It's supposed to be used. No, it's not like I I'm standing on it. I think it's more the fact that if all of them are open, that it's going to fall over because no, they're all the. You said it's on an angle. You already. It's said a it snap-on toolbox. It's it's like. The best of the best. It's probably anchored to the floor, even though it's on wheels. Like built for tough. Yeah, they got like a counterweight on the back. That back wall is probably thicker than the front wall to counterbalance. You know, I'm sure they yeah. actually do have a balance in there. We, some kind. we had one of my dad's toolboxes fall over a few years ago, and it it was a fucking shit show. <laughs> was it a snap on? It was one of the big three. I think your dad Maco, uses a lot of Snap-on or what? My, my, my dad has Snap-on, Matco, Mac, uh, U.S. General, Cobalt, uh, Stanley. Like he has like every name brand fucking toolbox manufacturer known to man. But his big ones are all Snap-on, Mac, and Matco. And one of the, I think it was one of the snap-ons ended up uh, falling over. Mm, so they're not balanced that well. Good to know. Mm -hmm. That's why you See? put the heavy stuff in the bottom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter when all the drawers are open. Yeah. No, it could. No, it's, right. it's not bad. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little distracted there. I was talking with uh, this kid, Logan, about going to Windrock on Saturday. So but I'm back now. You're not wheeling. Like, you don't wheel. That's that's just not your thing anymore. He's broken. You just said that. Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, no, but I might end up towing his rig up there and ride passenger. Mm -hmm. Sounds fun. Yeah, he's local. Time. It's kind of weird that everything shook out the way it did, but uh, he saw my Jeep and recognized me from the podcast. So, weird yeah very weird um <laughs> but so part of the reason i was so interested in what's going on with your stroker stuff graham is that i'm thinking once i get that 241 in there maybe a stroker wouldn't be the worst thing if i were to keep the jeep powertrain i know it's not as cool as an ls but like if i ever were to do a buggy i could just run the stroker for a while and then sell that and do the ls later exactly and there's so much that I think the other the other reason I want to do it, and I, I may have touched on it, but like the information on like how to build some build one is just all over the place. I mean, don't get me wrong, like the there's the Jeep Strokers forum is is very good, and it's there's still a bunch of people on it like talking about stuff. But um, 
it's literally there's so many combinations like it's hard to just figure out what the hell actually works like what is a what is a good option and there's not a lot of people doing uh like modern budget motors on there it's all like the big thing now is the 50 stroker you can do a 50 stroker with a 40 which is just fucking insane um that's sick yeah, but at that, at that point, it's a it's full... I have no fucking clue, but that's... And I talked with Chris Welch about this a little bit. Um, uh, you know, it's it's just a... At that point, it's a race motor, right? You're going to have to refresh it a bunch, and it's not going to be any cheaper than, like, five grand, and then about three grand worth of other crap that you need to support it. So, you know, there's no... It's not any cheaper than an LS, and you're maybe making 500, 600 horsepower with, like, not natru- naturally aspirated either. So, right. It, yeah. It's just a lot. So, I think... And that doesn't another... really... The whole point of the the the, the four, four o stroker motors is to be, like, or at least in my mind, has always been the... And maybe that's just because we always... We had that 4.2 sitting at the shop for years. And we were always like, we should build a ghetto stroker motor. We should build a ghetto stroker motor. So it's just stuck in my mind, like, that you can use the 4.2 crank and all the pieces to make a stroker motor for a very low buck. Uh, so, I don't know. So the appeal to me is, going back to, like, what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, um, without having the shop space to be able to really, like, do something crazy that is it's almost plug and play like you could get one of them built and have it so that it's sitting as just a head with the you know valve cover on and then put your manifolds on and put it into a jeep in like you know especially if you had like a spare exhaust manifold and those are cheap and a spare intake manifold and those aren't even that hard to find either mm. you could literally have everything ready to go and be able to swap it in like a day or two without any kind of major struggle and be right back up and running as it was. Yep. Um, compared to like an LS swap where at the very minimum you're cutting the harness and you're going pretty far into it. And I'm not sure what the situation is going to be like for me in the future. If I have the room to do the buggy the way I want to do the buggy, I'm probably still buying that chassis um then you know maybe things will be different but right now it makes the most sense to just or that makes a lot of sense to me i should say um and then with the 241 or putting the crawl ratio at like 90 to 1 that's going to be a deep enough ratio that even though it's not going to be insane horsepower it'll still get out of its own way i've been wheeling a fucking ax15 to 231 for how long now a long time yeah. and with the 40s i'm i'm impressed you you haven't wanted more ratio it's night and day you will uh not regret it yeah it's uh you know it is what it is like i make it work it's not perfect but it's never been something where like i've really been super upset about it either and you've seen me make it work in multiple different settings yep it helps really when it shines is when you're in those sort of bind up situations where i think the 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 most recent example i have is probably either uh v notch when we were at roush 
Um, oh my God. It was making some horrible noises when we were there and um, just everything like loaded on, on those rocks backing up or going forward. It was not happy. It was, there was some not going on. Um, motor didn't want to run even with all the torque uh, and gearing. Um, but then also the, uh, at Badlands, when we were going through that garden, like it, it, I didn't have to do anything. I just let it crawl. And if it was going to die, you give it a little bit of gas, right? It just keeps it so much more controlled. So That's much fucking more. lame. Okay. Time to party. Yeah. With your automatic, there's no party in an automatic. It's all party. No, the there's automatic. no party. It's all, uh, all wasted dreams and potential. Well, yeah, so th that's the thing. You have to understand that you are a disappointment, and once you get over that, it's all party. There's no big deal. Nah, I don't think that's how it works. It's like I mean, getting I, a water. I, that's like having a water balloon, but you throw it at somebody, and it doesn't pop. Right? You're like, look at this. It's going to be super cool, and then it's but not. Hold on. But hold on. When you realize that you suck at throwing, and you're just happy to hit somebody, <laughs> then it's all party. <laughs> Same idea. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I get what you're saying. Get yeah. what you're saying. It's um. You also like sit on the shifter to be like to be one with the vehicle. Yeah, that, like, that's that's really the, into it. That's like, a given. Every manual mm -hmm. person needs to do that. Uh, that. How you? That's how you like connect with the car more. Yeah, so you it's how you feel connected and one with the machine. I'm surprised you don't have a manual, honestly. Yeah, that that is a good point there. That you're surprised that I don't have a manual? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, me too, because I, I'm quite confident in my ability to drive manual. It's just I had what pardon me, I had a ninety nine. We've talked about this many, many times. Uh just it was wasn't in the cards to keep a hold on to it, so I ended up selling it. But it like I was planning on having a manual. The automatic is just what fell into my lap, and at the moment it's not in the cards or really like okay, if my if my tranny blows up and I have to swap the tranny, yes, I might consider swapping to a manual at that point, but right now, just no need. Fair. Got other bigger fish to fry. You got some parts too, didn't you? Uh, this weekend? Mm-hmm. God, your segues are so fucking good. Like, <laughs> 121 <laughs> episodes in, and you're fucking figuring it out. Yeah, uh, finally, finally got all the parts to do my hydro stuff. Uh, I purchased them from Mark, <laughs> oh God, three months ago now. Um, and it was supposed to just be a steering, like a full steering box brace and hydro line, just because I figured, I think he wanted like 80 bucks for the, or he wanted whatever it was. It wasn't much for the hydro lines. So I was like, fuck it, just throw them in. I'll figure them out, see if they'll work. Um, well, when we get to his house, he was. Oh, he was taking measurements from the brace so that way he could make another one and or sell them or something like that. So we kind of caught him off guard. He was doing all like doing all that stuff. Hands me the brace and they're talking about the Jeep. Then finally I'm like, hey, wait a second. I was like, didn't didn't I grab lines from you as well? He's like, Yeah. Walks around the Jeep and he's like, you know what? Here you go. Happy birthday. It's free. Comes over, hands Graham. It's already ported, right? The box that he gave you? No, the one that the, oh. the other one's just a fresh box. So he hands Graham a fresh steering box, 
hands me the whole steering box and lines and then throws in his bent ram he's like yeah it's bent but you can have it and then that's when graham piped up it was like oh yeah that's perfect we can just swap out the um the shaft which granted i already have mine so it kind of worked out i was like there you go brandon there you go. now you have a uh hydro assist box and ram so yeah he gave me all that stuff on top for free which is pretty fucking cool so shout out to mark nibs yeah dude's a good dude oh yeah although we do have to flame him for listing the jeep for sale again like what the fuck for dude even this cheaper is too now huh for even cheaper before yeah he was saying 15 and he'd take 12 now it's uh well hold on first off we can't be condoning the sale of his jeep right now we're giving him advertisement if we don't want him to sell a jeep we can't talk about there's it. no jeep for sale yeah exactly his figurative yeah, it's uh, not for sale if you see it it's a lie yeah it's uh, it really is but yeah 10 grand is what he has it up for now it's like fuck dude like he actually might be considering selling his fake jeep not real not real Completely yeah false. uh you know it's one of those you don't want it you don't want it you don't want it like don't yeah, even go no. look at it it's junk it's um, got knife tires those things it's suck. got you don't yeah want it's it. got knife tires um they're they're pretty bad nobody likes knife tires not red labels so you know Aren't or those razors ones are, no blacks are the patagonias yeah their stickies are called green labels because everyone has a different color label now for their stickies it's great I want um, purple labels. That, that's, yeah. Right. Why did, the general why did grabber purple labels. Yes. Oh, dude. That sounds fucking cool. I'm in. Okay. I got royalties on those if they are a real thing. They're not. I call it purple not, labels. The general dude, grabber purple label. Those, if they made those in a 40 sticky, I'm not oh. going to lie. I would go and fucking buy them instantly. The X3s? Same. I would already have them. Yeah. 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 It just works, dude. It's so bad. My uh constant like bad like badgering about those tires. RJ just picked up a set of 35 X3s. Uh Jordan has two that she's buying another like two X3s in a little bit. Buckley <laughs> just ordered a set of X3s. God damn, it's just the genital the, grabbers. <laughs> the only thing that sucks is the sidewalls are shit. That's no, the only problem. Right. I've only ever popped one, and I wheel them at like six psi with no, uh, what call it, bead locks. So they're, they're but I've not... popped one as well. So like that's two. two. Yeah, I've never popped one in my service with them. I I was just gonna say, I'm ordering a brand new set of the X3s pretty soon myself, and those are the I OGs. Guess... Those are the originals. Yeah, you gotta like mount those on a yeah. wall or something. And. Well, I ended you... up slicing one. You ended up finding right. what? I ended up slicing one. Uh-huh. Now, have you looked up how much they've gone up in price? Because it is not cheap. Yeah. Um. I got three eighty-five. I think it was from a shop, and then I found them online for two eighty-five or two ninety. That's actually not terrible, yeah, but like it's just crazy that I bought mine and Kate's for $175 and then $190 mounted and balanced. Like it just blows my mind how ridiculous they've gone up. It was uh, $1,700 at a shop for four of them mounted and balanced. God damn, well, I was, that's well, terrible. Yeah, you're getting raped there, and bud. I, I, found well because you know they, they their price 
was like a hundred dollars more per tire mm-hmm. than what I found them online for. They didn't match. Usually they match. You'd be like, "Bitch, I found them for a hundred dollars cheaper." I want oh, you to watch well, that I price. Match you. Oh well, that's yeah, what you gotta I do. Was, I found them on Simple Tire for two thirty-seven a tire. If you give them the price that's and they do bad. price matching, that's the way to uh, go. Yeah. Online, they really don't hold that though. Like most places would be like a local. Like so, the big like the way that I got mine for so cheap was Rockies and Holyoke were offering them for that one eighty a tire mounted and balanced, mm-hmm. and then Tire Warehouse were the ones to be like, yeah, yeah, we'll honor that. Um, so they will. It's just a matter of like, you, you like it has to be like a local shop most of the time. Mm. Never mind. I take that back. They're three thirty a tire. That was the wrong size. Oh, that's so bad. My fucking nittos are... uh, I think they were 550. That's horrendous. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit, especially because I can get stickies for 630. Yeah. Great, dude, those those stickies have probably been, like, sitting or something for, like, a year or something, because... No, those are brand new. Those are brand new? Wow, okay. Yeah. That's through discount tire or or uh, discount tire locally. The cash price is twenty four eighty five out the door for four. Wow, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's still more than you're going to be spending on a, a, a not an inconsiderate amount more um, than a DOT though. Yeah, it's like five hundred bucks more total or four hundred bucks more total. What stickies uh, are you buying for six hundred bucks? The Baja Pros. In a 40? Yeah, 40, 13, 5, R17. Hmm, okay. Uh, debating being really stupid and taking out a small personal loan to pay for the cost of the 241 and the stickies and the work I'm getting done on the Jeep. Hey, whatever works for you. You know, if that's what's in the cards at the moment, then so be it. Well, it's you can always the... get. It doesn't, or at least I I had it at one point. Um, it was bad because it enabled me, but I had a town fair credit card. Uh, yeah, they gave you like really good deals. It was like through Synchrony, really good tire uh, um, deals with well, that card, and then you just pay it off in a couple months and done. The the thing with that is, if I go with the personal loan, it's two percent. So like it's not it a bad really low, especially in today's situation for a personal. Mm. But it seems like yeah. kind of oddly low. Credit union. Um mm. and then like with my credit score at the moment, it's basically instant approval up to ten K. Um and like it's tiered, so the total amount that you borrow affects the interest rate. Um but essentially, like between paying Sam for the work for that and then buying a set of stickies, if I sold my tires afterwards, it would probably be like about 2000 remaining balance when I would get done with that. So it's not a ridiculous amount to. I just don't feel like spending it out of pocket. I'd rather have the money available to buy a house or towards buying a house. I, I can definitely understand that not wanting to uh, spend the money immediately out of pocket. What credit cards are for. 
Fuck no, it's not. Twenty four percent or fucking twenty percent versus two percent. In cash, it's in the it's in the account. Yeah, that's mm. the difference too. Is that he would actually have it where you I don't know some you can do a cash. Uh, yeah, whatever. Direct um, transfer to my checking account, so I could pull the money out and like go buy my tires cash in hand to save on taxes and pay for services through cash. Fair. I mean, I don't know. I I don't think that's the best answer but you obviously may do as you wish and use my opinion as a grain of salt but i think you this is probably... peak cherokee person conversation i just want to know oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say like paying for it is not a problem like i have the money i could go and buy a set of stickies today and pay for the case and sam i just don't really want to spend that much money especially with how low the interest rate is comparatively well, that doesn't make and, any like, sense why would you pay any interest if you have it um it's because not doing you paying, any good sitting there it's not doing me any good sitting there but at the same time if i buy a house and have to put windows in it that's you know a not cheap fucking expenditure out of hand or out of pocket either no but this is for a theoretical house that don't exist yet it's not like you yeah. got it in an investment account. We're getting into finance now, boys. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm aware it's not in an investment account. I'm just trying to like hedge my bets appropriately for the future. Um and like it really doesn't bother me to owe two thousand dollars to my credit union that I do business with and like my paycheck goes through there anyway. Um you know, the monthly payments like what, a hundred and eighty bucks for a year or some shit like that. So now yeah. it'd be a little bit Whenever more you want whatever you, you gotta do to float your boat. Whatever floats your goat. Yeah. Yeah. Your goat. Can goats swim? Yep. Yeah. There you go. Animal fact of the day. Didn't even have to try. Goats can swim. They don't even have flippers. <laughs> Neither do you. <laughs> yeah, but oh I got hands. God. I'm kind of <laughs> like flippers. This is how, how are they pushing water with their hooves? Richie, do you have anything like... to add before we end the episode, sir? <laughs> Think about oh. it. How do they? They can't displace water. It's a. Please it's like hurry. taking a it's toothpick and stirring. Please, it's please like four toothpicks. Richie, please. <laughs> getting worse. Richie, um, I need you. <laughs> I, I really need to learn more about diesels and how everything works and is controlled on them and just motor stuff in general. I, I, I spent two hours at uh, my buddy's shop yesterday having them go through everything and explaining to me like a child about why they were so confident that it was uh, the PCM in my truck that failed. And after two hours, I felt kind of numb because <laughs> it was it was a lot that they told me and it, like explained to me about why they were so confident with it. Yeah, I don't that know. Sucks, any, I don't know though. anything about uh, troubleshooting a third gen. But uh, how bad well, is the uh, PCM going to run you? Well, th there was a lot of different options and. The, the way that it was explained to me and it, it made me feel comfortable doing it was 
Uh, the lead time on a lot of the aftermarket PCMs were higher than what I wanted to wait. And the lead times on the aftermarket PCMs that were shorter were from not that reliable of a place. But the Dodge dealership had a like guaranteed certified like this is the proper PCM deal with a warranty for 3K. Jesus. Damn. That's ouch. But it's warranted. Anytime you have an issue, if it comes back to that, you can take it back to them. So, like, I kind of... Exactly. That, that was the big thing, is if I have an issue with it, I can go up to the Dodge dealership in town. Or, you know, one of the three Dodge dealerships around town. You know? So, I, I have options on that front. And it's a three to five day uh, lead time. whereas the next best option was like a five week lead time. Yeah, that makes sense. I can understand why you'd, I mean, you do got to pay to have the warranty is worth its weight, especially on something that's failed like that, which is total bullshit. Um, nothing grinds my gears more than a failed computer in a car. Uh, <laughs> But it's like I'm 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 kind of thankful with how everything played out because while I was driving the truck, it would just the the best way to describe what was happening is it would just randomly fall on its face mm-hmm. and would almost die, but not quite. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the, the RPM would definitely get way below even idle RPMs, but then it would pop right back up, no problem. But when uh, one of the guys at the shop was test driving the truck, the truck completely fucking died on a corner. You know, so no power brakes, no power steering, no engine power to begin with, just Mm. dead. And he got close to crashing the truck. Well, uh, I guess. At least he would have paid for it, you know. Like you just about the PCM yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's. It sounds like it's his buddy, so that would suck. But like at the same time, ooh. Yeah. Hey, they're insured. Uh, random, random question because we're our insurance just came up. Do you have to keep like the million dollar policy on that thing, um, or is that only for the thirty five hundreds? I I have it on the on the truck. Yeah, it's. I have a thirty five hundred. Oh okay. Sorry, I forgot. I thought it was a 2500, but it's a 35 single. Yeah, yeah, it's just a 3500 single. I when I was talking to my insurance broker, she told me I had to have the policy cuz I, yeah. I, I same thing. I was like, "Well, it's not a dually, so can I get away with not having it?" She was like, "No, you need it." I'm like, "You know what? Fuck it. Fine." Cuz I just redid my insurance, and I now have a million-dollar policy as well. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, it was 17 more dollars a month total to put a million-dollar policy on everything compared to yeah. having, like, the lowest limits. So he, here's here's the crazy part for me, right? When we first put my truck on insurance to 
so that way I could register it. Yeah. I ended up getting a hit with 180 per month for my truck. And yep. then our insurance broker was, this is fucking ridiculous. And she found another insurance company. And so now my truck with full coverage and the million dollar policy, Jess's car with almost full coverage, but not quite. And then my Jeep with bare minimum is 180. That's not bad at all. Um, so Morgan's car, my truck, and my trailer, and my Jeep all have full coverage. And they all have like a 250 per person, 500k per accident, 250 per property damage. And then a million dollar floater policy. And it's two twenty five a month for everything to be insured with full coverage. Yeah. But I think that, you know, that's kind of delving into the insurance off-road podcast, and that's not what we're really about. So maybe we should cut it here. <laughs> if there was one more sentence, I was about to say it. So <laughs> I'm, um, I'm like, I'm so checked out from this right now. <laughs> yeah. On that note, you know, financing stickies is peak poor. Um, and goats if can't you're gonna swim. Blow your... Goats can't swim, and Graham really knows how to stroke it.